Coming up on this week's DizPod, we cover and do a deep dive with Disney's Treehouse Villas. Character Spotlight covers Orange Bird, and we discuss our entire July 4th week at Disney. All that and more on this week's DizPod. Hello and welcome, everyone. Uh, This is already week two with Lawrence, the newer format of the podcast. And man, it's already a total of four weeks since we've moved over to YouTube. And it's like, wow, it just seems like every every night we're here already (laughs) recording the next one. So very exciting. We have a lot of fun. I think we're settling in and it'll just get better and better from our perspective. Uh, We've gotten some really good feedback as far as how well it's been going already. And I think people were loving the newer format last week as it starts to take shape. I like how it's going. I think Lawrence thinks how like Lawrence likes how it's going and, um, Speaking of Lawrence, let's bring Lawrence in. Let's see. Let's bring him in. There he is. Hello. Hello. How's it going, going, my friend? Good. Good. I am awake, uh, which is surprising after this last week (laughs) that we had. Let me tell you. So we got home from Disney yesterday after our, our few days, which felt like a week. Mm-hmm. I was going to say grueling week. It was all fun. Trust me. We'll get into that a little bit later for everyone listening and watching. But I didn't feel the fatigue until we got home. We unpacked because that's how Tammy and I do things. We just unpack everything. Sure. We we don't drop stuff. I don't care if it's two in the morning. Things get unpacked. And then we know when we get up in the morning, it's back to normal. So we got home. We unpacked. And we didn't really, I think she just made a pizza, a frozen pizza, because we, when we left you guys at Disney Springs, uh, Jillian wanted chicken guy. So I got some chicken guy and man, I'll talk about all that too, but I didn't really need to eat that much. And I just sat in the recliner and Jacob sat in the, the, the recliner beside me and he played, he was playing on his, um, his switch. I was just watching Disney live streams. <laughs> and I was just vegging. I was vegging out like half a trance. And it just felt so good to just lay there and look at the TV for hours because I probably hit the recliner at like, I don't even know, I'll say six o'clock mm. and fell cold to sleep at like, I don't even know, it's probably 11 o'clock at night. But you know, when you get into that trance where you're so tired that you can't, you're paralyzed. Yes. It's like sleep paralyzation. I yes. was I was there. I heard the TV. I looked at the clock. I saw it was like maybe 11:30 and I couldn't move. Tried again at like tw- like midnight, couldn't move. Finally mm-hmm. at like 1, Tammy snoring on the couch. Jacob mouth open, all reclined. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. I I push him a little bit. I'm like, "Let's go to bed, bud." And so he gets up right away and he's gone like the wind. I shut the lights off, leave Tammy on the couch. And actually, I tried to wake her up and she screamed bloody murder. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even remember it today. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how tired I was. How about you when you arrived? So we uh, caught our, our flight was a little delayed. We left about 830. Um Got back to the house at about 11.30. And uh, when we got in, Jay was still awake. He had just got home. Let's see if I can tilt this up so you can see that. See that castle? Yes. It's a Lego castle that he got from work. Yeah. It's 4,800 pieces. So so he had put that together. so we were we were talking about that and the inside, you know, if you go around the back, it opens up and there's a bunch of stuff in there. So we were talking about that and um, my new uh, iMac came and I was putting that together. I was like, where am I getting this energy? I need to be going to sleep. So we slept pretty hard after 
after after finally getting uh to the to the bed but uh and got to work you know this morning luckily i worked from home Catherine worked from home today so wasn't wasn't too terrible okay that sounds like a better day than mine mine was <laughs> full-on really busy it started at 6 15 in the morning and i uh, had to get out to the gym and train my client and then try to see seven patients but that didn't quite work out I saw mm. six um, because unfortunately one passed away and I <laughs> I, oh, no. I had to spend 40 minutes doing a little bit of paperwork and things like that. So that took up patient treatment time as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was sad. Good guy. Really enjoyed him. I'll just say this. He worked for NASA during the Challenger program and the shuttles and all that stuff. And oh, wow. really good guy. He was 95. I bet he had a great life. Absolutely. So, yep. so pretty sad about that. So let's, um, we'll get into more details about what we went through. We think the story is worth sharing and taking up um, a decent deal of the podcast, but we'll dive into the pertinent things here. And how about we get into that uh, resort deep dive as we continue to do this each and every week, we're going to do it till we're done. We're going to hit each and every Disney resort. And then from there, we've got something else to start Love it. as far as a deep dive goes. All right, here we go. Yeah, so this week we're going to talk about Disney's Treehouse Villas. This is at Saratoga Springs. Um, we will have some good conversation about this one because this is actually where we stayed. Uh, we did a, a split stay at Pop Century, and then we moved over to Treehouse Villas for two two days with uh, Corey and his family and my brother Nick. Uh, so we had a great time staying up till three in the morning, just chatting away. So. The great thing about this is that it is close to Disney Springs uh, as being part of Saratoga Springs. You're close to Disney Springs, so you're not far away from that. And Saratoga is a beautiful area uh, with a lot of different um, accommodations, and it's a DVC, so you get a lot of the uh, amenities there, like the spa and a really beautiful pool. Um, in the main house, but, but the treehouse villas are separate. Um, so you actually have to take a separate uh, bus loop to get to them. And what's nice though, is that they are very secluded. People love that they are as secluded as they are. It's like, they call them treehouse villas because it feels like you're in a treehouse, right? And it's nice and wooded. But the biggest thing for me is that, and we never even went, but the biggest thing is that the pool is open 24 hours a day. I don't know of another Disney resort that has that. Do you, have you heard of one? No, that's crazy. I'm hearing this for the first time. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we could have gone to have a little pool, pot, pool party after the you parks. <laughs> I didn't know that. 24 hours a day. You wonder why that is, right? I mean, with safety in mind, I'm sure that I'm sure there's signs that clear them that you know, no lifeguard on duty, swim at your own risk. Correct. But that, I wonder why. Yeah, they should all be like that. <laughs> I think it was because the the original intent when they were built back in 1975 was that they were going to be part of the Lake Buena Vista community. Right. So they were going to be more of homes than you know a resort or a hotel um and then that project uh ended up getting abandoned and then they were converted into rentals uh for disney so they were renovated back in 2008 um and i gotta tell you the the i'm just trying to count i want to say there had to have been about 10 usb ports in our room alone i don't know if yours was about the same because there were like two no. on each nightstand two on the dresser two on the desk there were a lot yeah you had more than we did uh i think we really only had maybe one or two on each side of the dresser and i really couldn't find any others like i looked over because you know i'm used to i've been in enough disney resorts to know that usually by the bed there's some yeah, I didn't see any. I think they were more like like table kind of nightstands, and not Got like it. drawers there. So it. <clears throat> it was limited, but we came prepared. So yeah, yeah, it was okay. 
So, you know, in the room itself, it, this is a three bedroom uh, villa. So you have a uh, primary bedroom with a full bathroom. In fact, the bathroom had a private water closet for the uh, commode. Uh, nice uh, sink there, marble, nice uh, faucets too. And then the shower uh, with all of its attachments. And then it even had a um, whirlpool tub. Um, so it's very nice, you know, stone floor throughout that, that bathroom. Uh, and then the rooms I felt were, were a really good size. So if you were staying for a longer period of time, you should feel pretty comfortable. Um, so that was the primary. And then you have a secondary, which had a queen bed. And then the third bedroom has bunk beds. Um, so if you had, you know, younger kids and my brother, who was not a younger kid, <laughs> uh, did stay <laughs> in that room. Um, and the first night he slept on the top bunk, I guess, just to feel like, uh, you know, what it felt like to be a kid again. Um, and he's like, what, 6'2"? Yeah, he's he's tall. <laughs> so, um, but, he, but, you know, it was it was nice to have a separate bedroom. Uh, and then the the living space really fit all of us. Uh, and I'm sure that's why we could stay up as long as we did just chatting. You know, you have the dining area there that fit plenty of us. We have that breakfast the next morning. Um, you have that breakfast bar with a full kitchen, um, you know, complete with a fridge uh, that had an egg in the freezer. We a frozen egg, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a... Um, uh, stove, dishwasher, uh, and then those two sofas, that sofa and that chair that you see pull out into a uh, double bed and then also a twin bed. So uh, Jillian and Jacob were able to sleep there and everybody had a, a nice comfortable uh, spot. I will also say back there by that chair, yeah, there you go. Back there by the chair is where the uh, primary bedroom is and then the secondary and third uh, tertiary bedrooms are over on the other side. So it does, if you're going to stay for a long time, you know, a week or two weeks, it does really give you that sense of, of home. And then outside you have a nice deck and you also have uh, a charcoal grill outside. And it's not attached. You can see the, the uh, shape there. It's not attached to any of the other um, villas. So, they were kind of like in pods. There was a pod of like three uh, down these separate walkways. But as you can see there, you don't even see the other one. So it really felt private. Um, I also like that the windows were floor to ceiling windows. So it gave you some really nice views of, um, of the woods. Uh, some of them are up on along the lake. So you get that um, or the river there that takes you to Disney Springs. You get a view of that. Um, we had that bird, <laughs> poor bird that kept wanting to join us, kept going through the, trying to go through the window. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, was the other bathroom here. That's the this other bathroom. Our yeah. bathroom. Well, you know, for Tammy and, and I and the kids and for um, your brother, Nick. Yeah. That was our bathroom there. Very impressed. I was very impressed by this bathroom. And, and you, you mentioned the faucets and I absolutely agree. I said to Tammy, like this faucet. She's like, yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, great, great stonework, tile work here. Uh, again, built built in the seventies. I don't know if this was ever updated. It maybe it was, but I just like the look. If I moved into this place, I wouldn't change a thing just for it being in the woods and the feel of it. Exactly. Um, I think I think it was fantastic. I was very impressed. I really I really loved staying there and the spaciousness to you know house all of us comfortably i mean we we spent hours out out there till three in the morning four in the morning one morning just talk, talking and having fun and we were all a distance from each other <laughs> yeah yeah the kids were in the kids and tammy were in the living room yeah. um some of us were in the kitchen <clears throat> excuse me and and it really it never felt cramped at all so i could i could really see staying here you know, for, um, for a longer period of time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and here was the, uh, pool. Um, yeah, didn't get a great, too great of a photo of it there, but, uh, that is there. And, uh, so yeah. it is a little smaller than what you see at some of the other Disney resorts, but again, being open 24 hours a day 
And as secluded as it is, you, you, you know, people that are staying in the main part of Saratoga are not going to come over to this pool because they're going to be closer to the other pool. So this was really just, excuse me, just for um, those, those tree house villas. So it was, it was really nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, these photos today were furnished by Disney tourist blogs. We thank them for that. Um, and uh, I don't know, uh, anything else that you had on, on the uh, villas for details? Uh, no, I'll just say that, um, you know, up in, when you get back up to the main portion, of course, you can do your own shopping, um, especially if you're driving, um, because you have a full kitchen. But I will say the uh, one issue I did have, because it is secluded, um, having to take that bus loop if you're not bringing your own car was a little bit of a delay. Um, like even us getting to Disney Springs, I mean, you must have beat us there by, I don't even know, half hour maybe? Easily. Yeah. Probably more. I think it was more. That's a good. That's a good way to gauge that. So... We, when Lawrence and family were checking out yesterday, we, they had to take their luggage to the first bus stop, which is the bus loop, right? Yeah. So they had to take the luggage there, wait to be picked up by a Disney bus. And then from there, it took you to the front of Saratoga, pretty much. And then from there, you had to wait for a Disney Springs bus. Uh, No, then we had to walk to the back of that building that we went to get uh, breakfast at um, to pick up the Disney Springs boat. Cause that's okay. only uh, accessible by boat Springs Springs from there. You can only get the boat. Oh, okay. the bus. So, <laughs> excuse me. So you had to walk to the backside, get the boat and then um, get over to Springs. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And I, I would say we, we beat you guys by probably at least 40, 45 minutes. I felt yeah, like. Yeah. So sure. that's, so that that's would the... is one issue. The other issue I would say is um, there's not a lot of parking based on the amount of people that you can fit in each uh, treehouse villa. So if you had separate families, you know, we didn't drive, but if, Nick drove and met us there and we drove and you drove. That's three vehicles. Uh, and there's only three or four spots sometimes. Four. I think it's four. four. Yeah, for three houses. Um, so that could be an issue when you're, if you were to drive to the parks and then go back, you may not have a parking spot. And then they'll, they'll say that you should park at the grandstand and then walk back, which is, that has to be at least... 10 to 15 minute walk. Yeah, it would be, it would be quite a bit. It would be quite a bit. I mean, you and I jumped in the car just to go get breakfast in the morning. Right. I didn't time it, but what was that? Maybe a six minute drive. I would say so. I mean, it was quicker to go out through that entrance and then drive on the main road and then come back into Saratoga. That's how remote, you know, this really is. So, um, I would just be, you know, cautious of that uh, and weigh whether you want to rely on Disney transportation or uh, drive. Yeah, we we always try to think of solutions, right? So from our personal experience, Tammy and I showed up with the kids. It was late at night. Uh, We um, used the magic band to get in and there's no one around. It's secluded. It's you're on your own out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we looped around and we finally found our pod, our treehouse villa. And when we did, the corresponding parking spaces, like you had mentioned, there were four spaces and all four spaces were taken. We looked around for anything like, can we just pull off to the side and park in the woods just off the road parallel to the street? Yeah. There wasn't even a place to do that. So we called you hoping they would give a solution of some some kind. And there and Disney Disney solution was that, right? Go park at the grandstand and it wasn't walk back at that point yeah, or I'm ride back, back with you. 
Yeah. And that's a, that you, you just can't expect a family to do that. That's such a long walk. Yeah. And so what we ended up doing to solve that was we doubled back a couple of times and parked probably mm, not quite a half a mile, but maybe a quarter mile back in between that maybe is what we did. I think it was, uh, I think, I think that, you know, that was about a six minute walk for Jacob okay. and I from there. It was two or three full parking areas, which again is anywhere from handicapped as two spaces, non-handicapped yeah. sections were four. So it wasn't that bad of a walk from there. But in my opinion, that's still something that's very inconvenient for anyone paying that good money there for something like that. So yeah. I think when we talked, I think the easy solution is to just pave more spots. I think you can still do that and still have a very woodsy feel and and not yeah. feel like anything's taken away from the ambiance or the experience because there's plenty of si uh, shoulder area to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to accommodate for it. Like you said, for as big as those are, you know, we had your family, my family, you know, I guess two families, but you had your family, but you had, we had three possible uh, people that could have taken cars there. Right. Right. And that's what happened actually to us, right? We showed up later and I saw a, a giant family going into the pod next to us. And apparently we had figured out, well, they must have taken like all four spaces. Right. So we didn't even get one because you guys didn't even drive. So the parking is, is an issue there. So just so you know that, just be prepared for it. Uh, yep. And the other thing uh to just mention too is we kind of looked at after a long night at magic kingdom we boarded the bus and we got dropped off at the front of saratoga mm -hmm. and then from there that's when we took the the bus loop right the loop yeah yeah the loop so what was it that took us so long to get back was it just that the the resort is that much further away from mk um, to some degree, but then you also, yeah, you also had the three, um, because the main, uh, building is the last stop on that loop. So the bus from Springs or, uh, from the parks or, uh, is going to be, you know, three stops until you get to the main one, uh, the main building. And then you have to get off there and take the loop bus. Um, and then we waited a good I don't know, 10, 15 minutes for that. Yeah. So, yeah. You just have to be prepared. Just have to be mm -hmm. prepared. I will say, though, that the loop bus runs from 6.15 a.m. to 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. So that, that, is, that is handy. Um, and when we arrived with our luggage, uh, well, actually, our luggage was there um, because we were at Pop Century and they transferred our luggage for us, which... I don't know if you knew that they did that, but if you did a split stay, you can um, ask for them to transfer your luggage on your checkout day. You just have to get it to them by one o'clock uh, to Bell Services, and they will transfer the luggage for you to your new resort. That's good to know. I didn't think, I didn't know they did that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really so good that, to know. That's handy. But then when we got there, it was again late at night. And so, um, what they were able to do for us is get Bell Services to take us on the golf cart over to the um, the actual villa. So that was that was nice to have that. Okay, great. All right, we good there? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, and next we week we'll probably do Pop Century since that's pretty fresh. We just did that one, so that sounds great. That sounds great. Let's check in with our sponsors really quickly. If you are looking to move close to the magic, just like we are close to the magic and some of our other friends, with over a decade of helping people find the homes of their dreams, Victor Naraki is the perfect realtor of Vision Home Real Estate, LLC. To help you find the home of your dreams, simply go to DisneyAtYourDoorstep.com. That's DisneyAtYourDoorstep.com. Victor also has a YouTube channel as well, and his information is down below in the description. You can certainly click on that, and if you subscribe to his channel, 
in the year of 2023, if he reaches 10,000 subscribers, he will donate $1,000 to give kids the world. And Victor would like you to know that he, he is a donator regularly as well, but he'd like to do that in honor of all of you. Um, and uh, it helps it helps all the way around. Lastly, if you're about to start planning your next vacation, book your next vacation with your magical adventures await. Claudia is creating Disney adventures worldwide. She can create a magical adventure to Walt Disney World, Florida, any Disney park worldwide, Disney Cruise Lines, Alani Resort in Hawaii, guided group vacations with Adventures by Disney. And she is also a Universal Studios expert. If you book with her, her services are free and she is available Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday and Sunday, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Make your magical planner, Claudia Anderson, uh, from Your Magical Adventures, await 956-455-8049 and you can get her on Instagram, all one word, Claudia Anderson. And uh, we'll have both of those fine people on at some point. Um, I'll have to talk to Claudia. I know Victor is raring to go at any nice. point. So, yeah, let's keep it moving. So let's talk about our character spotlight. It was kind of nice last week when we I was able to jump into chat for the final half hour of the premiere of the pod last week. And uh, some of the watchers were commenting on who they would like to see as far as a character spotlight character. And if there's a character you would like us to check out, it's even more interesting, right? If it's a character that is not a main character. Yeah. You know, make us dig a little bit more and, and you can probably learn, you know, way more than you ever thought about any particular character like we're going to talk about today. But Orange Bird was the one that was mentioned that caught my eye. I love Orange Bird. A lot of people love Orange Bird. Your daughter Finley yeah. loves Orange Bird. Orange Bird is right there. And it's funny. We don't even know why we love Orange Bird. <laughs> telling you, most people don't know the history of Orange Bird. He's right. just cute. He's right. cute. And you can buy him at the Flower and Garden Festival. That's right. You can buy his sipper, you know, there, or you can buy it at Sun. This is such a hard word to say, and I'm going to have to say it multiple times. Sunshine Tree Terrace. Mm-hmm. You know, you can buy, you can find him there as well, where he sits up on the shelf behind you. He's always sitting up back there. Um, if you ever order from Sunshine Tree Terrace, you look in the back, he should be up on the shelf. I think that's kind of a thing. Okay. So, Yeah. So let's dive right into that. I'm going to continue to try to get used to my teleprompter because I am determined to be that. And then maybe someday I can become the news anchor on CNN. Who knows? There you go. (laughs) But we're going to talk about Orange Bird. And again, you're not going to believe some of these these facts I pull out. I couldn't believe them when I read them. And uh, very interesting. And there are some similarities between Orange Bird and Oswald. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. All right. Uh, And I'm producing the show too. So I don't know. I may stop and show you a photo. We'll see how it goes or I'll show them all at the end. So it'll be a little show and tell. So, okay, here we go. Orange Bird is a Disney character that was created as a mascot for the Florida Citrus Commission in 1971. He is an orange canary with an orange fruit head and green leafy wings. He cannot speak or sing, but he communicates with orange-colored smoke clouds. News to me. He lives in the Sunshine Tree Terrace in Adventureland at Magic Kingdom Theme Park. Orange Bird was created by Disney in exchange for the Florida Commission sponsoring the Enchanted Tiki Room Attraction in Sunshine Tree Terrace at the Magic Kingdom. He was designed by Disney animator Bob Moore and advertising executive Don McLaughlin. He debuted in 1971 as a walk-around character and a figure behind the counter of the Sunshine Tree Terrace, just like the one sitting back there. He also appeared on national television, print, and radio ads for Florida Oranges alongside singer 
Anita Bryant. Bryant narrated a record album telling the character's story, which included songs written by the Sherman Brothers, who also wrote the Orange Bird song for him. So here's a picture. We'll throw up a picture. And this is Anita Bryant with Orange Bird. Look how he looks. That is not the Orange Bird we know. (laughs) So Orange Bird became a ubiquitous citrus icon, particularly throughout Florida and the United States. He was featured in exhibits at the Orange County Regional History Museum in Orlando uh, and McKay Archives at Florida Southern College. He also appeared in a few Disney educational shorts in the 1980s, such as Foods and Fun, A Nutrition Adventure, and The Bird or The Orange Bird in The Nutrition Bandwagon. He was popular among children who received Orange Bird merchandise, such as pins, cups, hats, and plushie toys. Here's a quick look at him doing meet and greets in the parks. We have a black and white photo and a color photo. Orange Bird faded away from the public eye when Disney and the Florida Citrus Commission ended their partnership in 1987. He was removed from the Sunshine Tree Terrace and his merchandise was discontinued. He remained in the Disney archives for many years until he was rediscovered by fans and collectors. So in 1994, he was featured at Tokyo Disneyland due to his high popularity in Japan, where he was celebrated on Japan's annual Orange Day on April 14th. Now we move ahead to 2012. He made a triumphant return to the Sunshine Tree Terrace at Walt Disney World, where he, uh, his figure was restored and his merchandise was relaunched. In 2015, he moved to a new location near the Adventureland entrance sign at Magic Kingdom. In 2021, he got a line of clothing and apparel, including a magnetic shoulder plushie. He also appeared in the Disney kingdom's comic book series in the enchanted tiki room issue so just to kind of wrap this up we can take one more look at more of the updated orange bird items an orange bird is a unique charming character that represents the spirit of florida in his and its citrus industry he has a colorful history that spans over five decades of disney magic he is beloved by fans of all ages uh, who enjoy his cheerful personality and orange thoughts. So it you see how to think that he was away, you know, no merchandise, no real reference to him for so many years, because now it, you can't go to the flower and garden festival and not see him everywhere. You know, that merch is out there. That lounge fly sold out like that. Um, there was something that was it ears or something that sold out real quick. Couldn't get them. Um, I know when the sipper was uh, first debuted, I think last year at last year's food, not food and wine, um, flower and garden festival. Th- you couldn't get your hands on that for a while. Mm. That was a hot item. So yeah, some of the uh, orange bird stuff can certainly become hot items. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, what do you think about this? I mean, if you're just <laughs> listening to the podcast, well, if you're just listening, you're you're obviously listening on the YouTube music app, which you can simply slide the button. You need to see these pictures of the orange bird. It's, if you would have showed me these pictures and not told me who he was, I would not have told you that that was orange bird. Uh, one of them looks like the San Diego chicken a little bit. Uh, oh, right. The other, yeah. there's another one where he looks more like a cardinal. It's it's yeah. really interesting. Um, have you ever seen the first season of Sesame Street and what Big Bird looked like back then? I'm sure very, I did. Very different from what we know today, and that's what this kind of reminds me of. Is you know, the, and the, you know, was, Mickey Mickey morphed as well, but not true. as drastically as this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this I is probably the most drastic clue. Disney character transformation I've ever seen. Yeah, I would not have a clue who that was. <laughs> <laughs> when I pulled that up, I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa, what is wow. that?" That's wild. 
He's much cuter today. And am I making this up? Did we hear like there may be some character meet and greets happening with Orange Bird sometime soon? Uh, I don't know if we have concrete evidence of that, but uh, I'm could have been a rumor. I would bet somebody's thinking about it. Well, you got to do it. Why not do it, Disney? It, you know, why not do it? Well, you know what's good is it, with Epcot um, testing some of these lesser-known uh, characters for meet and greets. You never know. Maybe it pops up there uh, during the next next year's Food and Wine or uh, Fire and Garden. Yeah, so you did it just like me. I always wanted to default to food and wine. I think we yes. default to food and wine because food and wine lasts most of the year. Yes. <laughs> It does. So, yeah, I, I can't think of anything else I can think of to, to talk about Orange Bird. I, I was I'm glad to have, per, you know, let everyone know some of the history. And I'm sure most people listening had to learn at least something about that. Oh, yeah. And how about the similarities of Oswald, where he did disappear for a while and was resurrected? At least they, at least they, it, it, they didn't lose him to, to another company. They just didn't weren't using him. <laughs> Yeah, the deal was done, and yeah. I didn't mention this, but how did how did he come back? Like, I guess Disney owned him anyway. I don't know. I guess Disney owned him anyway, so Probably. they could just resurrect him when when they wanted to. Yeah, but it's just funny how you can sever ties, right? With something you've established, something he was a character there in the parks, and sponsorship stops. We rip the label off, and we yeah we move on. Kind of crazy. Yeah, think how about a lot of those rides in Magic Kingdom were sponsored by somebody, you know, back in the day. GE with Carousel. Um, I think even Space Mountain had a had a sponsor, if I remember correctly. Um, and the the cat the countries in Epcot were all you know run by their respective company uh, countries and. Um, so things just, you know, kind of change, I guess, as businesses need to change. But uh, it's it's nice to see that they didn't lose that because of that sever. Yeah, I'm glad they brought him back. He's cute. He's yeah. cute. I don't think he would be as popular at all if you brought him back looking like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the evolution. He could be one of the uh, one of the baddies. <laughs> Looking at some of those pictures, I know, I know. He he'd be he'd be involved in a villains meet and greet, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about uh, one quick thing I can touch on, and then we'll get into our week, sure. Which uh, will be some real fun stuff. I hope everybody enjoys our our story, our adventure uh, that started on July third. And ended on July fifth, sixth, sixth. Probably the. I don't know if we have anything to tell about July sixth, but maybe. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how the story flows. But um, yesterday, which was the which was July sixth, I decided to take some of these photos because we have to become more conscious of what we're doing and when we're doing it. And hey, if we're going to talk about something on the pod, let me snap some photos. So. I was over at Disney Springs and we had previewed some of the uh, Florida uh, flavors of Florida items that are going on right now at Disney Springs. And so I tried my first one and this is what it was. It was called sunshine in a cup hmm. and look how good that looks. It had vanilla soft serve with orange juice and a thinly sliced orange at the top in which the big, thick paper straw uh, was driven through it. Mm. So it's pretty to look at. It tasted very good. Uh, basically, if you like creamsicles, orange creamsicles, you'll like this. Did the vanilla dominate the orange? Yes, but I felt like I got a little bit more of... You know, when, you, when you're eating or drinking something like this, typically you're getting the cream, you're getting the vanilla taste, and you're getting like that popsicle orange, right? Yeah. This was different because you were getting that acidic 
orange juice instead mixed with the vanilla soft serve. Ah, uh, yeah. So it was a bit of a different experience with that. And I did enjoy it very much. And I probably would give it, let me give it a four out of five Mickeys. And the only reason I won't give it a five, although I loved the vanilla with it, I probably would have loved a little more orange okay. with it. That's it. I have no problem with it. I would get it again. Probably just won't because if I'm there one or once or twice before uh, it ends, the event ends, then there's other things that I need to try. So, yeah. And there's quite but, a bit too, right? I mean, there's, there's quite a bit of uh, restaurants participating and this runs uh, from July 1st to August 13th. So um, it's a good, good little portion of time there uh six weeks yeah. or so, which is still have a little bit of time i think we might even try to do a shorter park uh not park stream but yeah maybe maybe purposely go to a park that closes a little bit early mm -hmm. maybe we maybe we fit in an animal kingdom or something i don't know so it forces us out of the park at like eight mm -hmm. and we can go over and purposely try a couple of things you know i'll see if the family can maybe pick a couple things off that menu to target cool. and if we can do that then i think it'll be worth going over to disney springs live and trying a couple of flavors of florida stuff yeah so, there's 30 different uh locations that are participating so should be something for everybody that's a lot of stuff we're recording tonight in the middle of a thunderstorm i don't know if you can hear any of it but <laughs> Well, I'm it's not been... hearing yours, and I'm glad you're not hearing mine. <laughs> oh, we so also wow. have a storm. The storms have been nuts <laughs> over here today, like one after another, just coming through. Super dark, heavy rain, and it moves on, gets a little sunny, and then the next one's coming through. Wow. I haven't seen a barrage like that. Uh, I don't even know if ever. Hmm. So, yeah, let's uh let's get into our final segment which is uh this week in the parks huh so here we go this week in the parks we have tons of content to talk about and uh we didn't really pre-plan pre-plan this but we can just kind of start and I'm sure the conversation will just flow from there. So it started for, well, it started for me and you together in, uh, on July 3rd. So I arrived at magic kingdom in time for the July 3rd fireworks. We mm -hmm. rode some rides, uh, certainly interrupt me if I'm missing anything in our story. Uh, the weather was threatening and I don't think anything really happened until the fireworks started. Right. Right, right. Yeah, no, it was. Um, it kept getting dark, and we were watching those clouds come over, and uh, a little bit worried, but didn't really do anything. We were lucky. Yeah, it didn't. I remember kind of moving away from that storm as it was creeping over Tomorrowland. Samantha and I went over to Tiki Birds, and from there, I think we did a couple of things, and we headed towards Main Street, and so. We were waiting for Happily Ever After. No, not sorry, not Happily Ever After. We were on Main Street for the July, I hate this, well, fourth fireworks, but on the third. <laughs> yeah. and, and so we waited quite a bit. And, you know, we know why we were delayed. There had to be weather in the area. We weren't seeing the weather at the time, though. Mm -hmm. So it's quite a long delay. It, it was kind of a debate if if they were going to happen, I guess as it got a little later, but I had faith that it, it would happen. It, that's, that's not a show they want to let go. Uh, so we, I, I'm trying to think what happened. I think it rained. It started to rain. And so we went for cover and main street cleared a little bit as people went into the Emporium and the other shops for a little bit of cover. And then we had heard that the, the show was going to start in a couple of minutes. Well, what was interesting is that, um, I, uh, we had talked about watching them, you know, where were we going to watch them from? Um, yes. a lot of people were talking about the train station was better. Um, I saw them last year. Uh, and the reason that people say where to watch them, because normally 
Magic Kingdom, you know where you really want to watch them. Your primary spot's going to be Main Street. Um, but with these fireworks, because it's the Celebrate America, they actually have them shooting off basically in a 360. So you have the fireworks over the castle, and then you have perimeter fireworks going on. Um, but I saw, excuse me, saw them last year and thought watching them straight on was the best. The perimeter adds to it, but I think you're better off watching them from straight on. And, and I mean, the castle, the way the projections are done with the stars and the stripes, it's just, it was, it was phenomenal. It really was. And I agree with you. We really did debate. It was my first time watching them in person, shooting them for a live our live stream, and just wanted the absolute best angle for our viewers. And glad we stayed where we did, which was, what, three-quarters of the way up Main Street. Yeah. Because you want to see a little bit more of the castle. You don't want to be that far away from the castle. People want to see it. I mean, granted, they weren't really projections, but now and then the stars would show up in the different colors. Right. And... I really felt like, does the 360 part of the fireworks work? Absolutely. If you want to stand back there and kind of see that, I don't know what that image looks like from back there, but I was trying to shoot a little bit of that and a, and a lot of the front, you know, and what, what, what was happening behind me was more of just general fireworks. I felt like, yeah. right. So after a while I paid less attention to those and more of what was going on up front around the castle, over the castle and I thought that show was great. I thought that, you know, the music obviously gives you an old time feel mm -hmm. for it. I felt like I could have been back in the 1700s watching this celebration. Right. I almost felt like if this makes sense, like the fireworks was slower. It wasn't, you know, there's different styles of fireworks. There was a lot right, of just right. boom. And then they just take their time to dissipate. Yeah. You know, and just went, obviously, it always goes so well with the music and it just mixed well with the music. They were patriotic looking fireworks. And so I, I liked it. I loved it. And I feel like this now has to be a tradition. And I don't know why we haven't been there in the past. Last year we were away on vacation, but previously <laughs> to that, I just don't know why we weren't there. Yeah, it's... um it's what I really like about it is it gives you the opportunity since magic kingdom doesn't on the third and the fourth, if you're there, um, if you're a local or if you're, you know, there on vacation during those two days, you can go to magic on the third and then go to Epcot on the fourth and get to see both shows, um, which is great. And then magic kingdom with the DJs in, um, uh, Frontierland and Tomorrowland, and then right up on the stage uh, in front of the castle. Um, it's a totally different atmosphere than you really get to see. And uh, it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. And it's an atmosphere that you can enjoy for free. Right. Right. You don't really get DJs around Magic Kingdom for free. That right. usually signifies a, par a party. And so it's something different to see as well. So I think going to magic kingdom, I, you know, if you want to make sure you're at magic kingdom for July 4th fireworks on the fourth, then that's on you. But I got to imagine it was way more packed on July 4th at magic kingdom. Oh yeah. Then that, so. to me, that's not the way to do it. The way to do it. Like you said, if you have two nights to spare, you should go see the July 3rd fireworks at magic. And then you should go to Epcot on the 4th and see yeah. those fireworks. Yeah. So to me, that's the better way to do it. But it was a great experience. And I'm just thinking we're not getting the we're not getting the nights crossed right where what night was it that we watched Happily Ever After, but it rained? Uh, that was the previous week. Oh, that was the previous. It week. was. Yeah. Oh, OK, OK, OK. So I think what moving on, uh, we, we met you guys at Epcot on the fourth, mm -hmm. right? And I don't know where you were <laughs> for a while. 
uh, Tammy kept saying, where's Lawrence? Is he here? Is he here? I'm like, he'll find me. I don't know what he's up to right now, but he'll find me. I told um, Neil we were kind of working the park opposite of each other um, just because of what the time that we got there. And I picked up a, a Frozen Ever After to go do. Um, and uh, But we got there and tried to kind of hide from the heat and the sun because um, the day before was not good for, for Finley with the heat uh, and the sun. So we were trying to dodge that and spent a lot of time in the creations until – uh, she wanted to go on Spaceship Earth, which was right after you guys went on Spaceship Earth. So we did finally meet up at, what, seven, I think it was, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, at uh, In America at uh, Regal Eagle, which is normally the place for us to eat. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk food. about eat. Let's talk about that, Regal Eagle. It, it is quiet, um, and they have good food. They also have free refills. I, it's Really, the great place, and man, on the Fourth of July, that was not the great place to be. <laughs> no, I mean we we thought we had a plan in place. You know, the day went the way the day went. I I think the day was fine for you. It was fine for yeah. me, and then we met up, and we're like, "All right, let's do this." I'm feeling some barbecue today, and it really had nothing to do with being the fourth. I wasn't one of those like. It's the 4th of July. Let's go eat it. Regal Eagle. Right. That's the thing to do. And so I just felt like I wanted that. And that's Jacob's staple. Jacob wants Regal Eagle pretty much every time he's in Epcot. He gets the brisket, and right? He, lo he loves the brisket. Yep. Mm -hmm. The brisket. Yeah. He loves the brisket sandwich. Yeah. I get the North Carolina. Is that also the brisket, but just not in a bun? I can't remember. Uh, maybe. Yeah. They just throw it on a tray. Yeah. With a ton of fries. So like 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 uh Lawrence was talking about the Regal Eagle is something that it is very rare that you can even on a Saturday night you you can just go there at dinner time. You know you're going to get a table, many tables to choose from. You'll get some air conditioning, some of the best barbecue arguably, arguably the best barbecue on Disney property. Mm -hmm. And it's just a, a fine experience and it's a, it's great for a quick serve, you know? So I have nothing bad to say about Regal Eagle for sure. And if you're not familiar with it, just to say quickly, Regal Eagle, the theming is Sam Eagle, who is a Muppet, who is all American. And when you take time to look at the walls on the sides, because there are what four or five different barbecue sauces and with those barbecue sauces each one is award-winning and it's award-winning by different muppets right so very interesting to to look at and read and enjoy the atmosphere too very american mm -hmm. so but we went there right we showed up and we got a clue right away it was super hot not a single table when when no table picnic tables outside are empty yeah you know there's going to be an issue and we knew it right away we we went around to the side now we, we had not even seen you yet right you were right. inside i so. was inside already and uh they when i walked up to the door normally you can walk in whatever door of the two doors that there are but no they were directing you around the side to enter so they were doing one way in one way out um which also got me to think okay this there's something going on. And then we got up to the door and, and the cast member was like, there, there are no tables. Just so you know, if you're going into order, there are no tables. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then I got in and yeah, there were no tables. The ordering line was way long. And I believe you couldn't even mobile order because they had shut it down. They had, we were outside and they shut down mobile order and there was a line all the way down the side of the building of people yeah. had, who had placed mobile orders and they were waiting for their order to be finished. And we got in line and we were trying, trying, trying. And while we were doing that, there were people that were starting to pile in behind us in line. Then they started asking us if we, you know, had mobile ordered and we're like, we're trying, you know, and they, yeah. they too were saying, well, we're trying, but at the same time, you know, shortly after, you know, they're saying, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> And I'm like, I'm going to keep working at this and keep my place in line for now. Yeah. 
And uh, at that point, I, I must have just did I decide to call you? Maybe I called, yeah. I called you and you're like, Oh, I'm in line. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay. Is it not that biz long of a line? And you're like, no. So we just went inside. We just, I just said my family's inside and we went inside and we ordered uh, right with you. And uh, Bernadette and Clint, our friends had commandeered a table because <laughs> they'd gotten in there before us. They were at our, had already been in there. And we were able to sit and eat, and that was a lifesaver. So thank you so much to them, and glad you were in there already because uh, who knows what we would have done at that point. So that kind of yeah. salvaged the night a little bit. And after that, uh, we we made a bad decision. We made a bad decision, didn't we? We <laughs> we thought, even though you can be a park pro. With a part with your park bros, we found out that going to Guardians of the Galaxy was a bad choice with limited time to go. For once, I actually thought it wasn't the smartest choice, but you kind of went along with it with me, which made it like okay. And and I really only did it because I know Jacob, my son, really wanted to do it. Yeah. And later you admitted, yeah, I kind of knew it probably wasn't the right choice. <laughs> But we got in there, and knowing this, we made it through the first two queues. That's how you want to call them. After we get transported, we go into like that main line area now. And I look at my watch, and I'm like, we've got 20 minutes to get back to um, the lake and everything. And it's just not going to happen. So I'm looking around, and I'm like, there's got to be a place to leave. And there was an exit sign, but it I was unsure about it and I poked my head through it and there were signs sure enough, you know, no camera access, cast members only. And I'm so glad that maybe 20% of me was like, I'm just going to poke my head out that second door. Mm. And I'm so glad I didn't do something like that because like, <laughs> like Sam said, we love our annual passes. Yes. <laughs> you wouldn't want to just make a, a rash decision that, that, that got you in trouble. So, right. We pulled back, we found a cast member, worked our way backwards into the into the transportation queue, and the cast member was kind enough to guide us through, and we made it. And in making it, uh, I had the wrong setting on. Uh, we were still stuck on Wi-Fi for the fireworks, which you don't want to do for signal, and most of the 4th of July fireworks, which are only seemingly like four minutes long, yeah. Uh, our viewers missed quite a bit of it. So I was crushed about that, but we recovered the next day with, uh, with what we did on day, on day three of our adventure, right? Which was July 5th. Yeah. We took, we took a long time to announce this because we thought that not that nobody's ever done it, but we just wanted to try to announce it late or really close to the time we were doing it just so that people in front of us didn't do it because, you know, then it kind of looks like you're copying people. Right, right. <laughs> so what happens? We've got a channel coming up doing it. <laughs> we had a channel do it before us the day after we announced it. It's like, what? But uh, yeah, I teased my friend Tanya about it and she did a great job with her challenge. And um, I'm sure she had that. I have no doubt she had that planned ahead of time. But, and, and, uh, you know, just to say... We picked July where the heat index is like 115 to do a four-part challenge. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just to add another another level of chaos. Uh, yeah. yeah, sure. And there's all kinds of different challenges to do. We definitely want to do some other ones. I did like the uh the water challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh we can work out details with that one. Uh I know that there's we discussed that the other day. There's a channel that discussed it yesterday that they were going to do a water challenge. Oh, wow. Um, How about that? <laughs> yeah. So, but we said it, we said it first. That's all I'm saying. We said it and some, some people will do the coasters. They'll do all the coasters. So they'll yeah. do Everest, they'll do Guardians, they'll do uh, Rock and Roller Coaster, Slinky, um, and then Space and Big Thunder. Um, and I guess Seven Dwarves now. Um you know, there were people that used to do all the mountains. There were people that used to do, yep. you know, all sorts of different ones. That's the great thing about a challenge, a four-part challenge is make it your own. You know, if you want to do, if you want to include a show, there was somebody 
who I spoke to recently that wanted to do one ride, one show at each park, and then also grab, you know, food. Um, so ours was one uh, photo, uh, food or snack, and two rides at each park. And then on top of that, we added the um, four forms of transportation, which we just about nailed. The one I thought was going to give us a problem was the Skyliner with the rain. Um, and luckily we caught it in between the storm. So Skyliner wasn't an issue, but the ferry, <laughs> the ferry was the issue. Um, so see that as a park pro, you learn something new. The ferry from Magic Kingdom runs to the transportation center one way only after a certain time when it starts to get closer to park closing. Absolutely. And for a quick moment, I thought our quest was over. You know, I ran up and the cast member was like, nope, we only run one way right now. And I'm like, <laughs> we are doing a 12-hour challenge. We started at noon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we quickly, it's kind of funny because Lawrence came up with a solution. I misinterpreted the solution. And when I spit back the, my interpretation of it, he goes, oh, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. <laughs> so we did it by my suggestion, which was, it was a little bit of work, but we, I felt like everybody in the chat had our backs because they had been in this already for 10 hours with us absolutely and right we right. felt like the best choice was to get on the monorail go to magic kingdom get right off the monorail as the park is exiting massively yep. we join them and go right on the boat go back to the ticket and transportation center that completes our boat ride we get back on the monorail we get into magic kingdom we all split after we eat a snack. I had the fresh fruit waffle sandwich there. And uh, I got to go on Tron and Mine Train. You all did something else. And we completed the task. And I finished the live stream at five <laughs> hours, 59 minutes, and like 56 seconds. Crazy. For anybody that doesn't know, if you live stream past six hours, you cannot edit that live stream. So if you have copyright, you're out um, any ad revenue or anything like that. So we ended it pretty quickly. And uh, that was like, whew. <laughs> but, you know, you hear people doing these challenges and when you, once you finally do it, it kind of is a badge of honor. It, it's a feather in your cap. It makes you feel like you really did accomplish something. And it is like a status symbol. Yeah. Now. And, and other people see it that way, too, because Catherine had made a button saying four parks one day. And people would see that button. You know, she had an I'm celebrating button and, and put that on there. And people were, oh, what did you do? You know, how, how far into the, the challenge are you? Yeah. Um, cast members were celebrating it. Uh, the one that took our uh, the one that took the final picture, which was the final piece of the challenge. She, you know, was celebrating it with us. So. It was it was good. I'm glad we we all did that together, and uh, no one can ever take that away. No, they can't. And that final cast member doing the photo pass on Main Street, she was really excited, and I felt like as we were taking the photos, like I said to Tammy, it felt like we won a NASCAR race, and the entire team was taking photos post race. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it was a, it was an accomplishment type of photo. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was really great. And side note, which I don't think chat knew, but this started the day before and my very reliable sandals started to cut into my feet and uh, I limped a little bit more and more on, on the final day on the, uh, the full park challenge. And mm -hmm. this was my sacrifice for if, if you're, should I say, if you're, if you get queasy easily turn away, but it's not that bad. <laughs> Here's my foot on the outside and what it looked like. And uh, it was every bit of painful as it looks. And so wow. came home and iced that baby up and uh, have a bandage on it now just to cushion it against the sneaker. But uh, we went to Disney Springs yesterday to shop around and hang out a bit. I would not have been able to do that in that same sandal. So I actually went and bought another pair of hokas because I wore out the other ones <laughs> when I hurt my hip with one of my patients so boy, oh boy 
the attrition. It's it's the war of attrition in the yeah. Disney parks. Yeah. So, hey, we're closer to uh, one hour. <laughs> if you're good, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I would say we. Uh, boy, oh boy, what a what a week it was. Uh, definitely had a great time. Uh, our two families are really one family. Uh, for sure. And then the, the Diz family was behind us the whole week, uh, cheering us on and, and uh, certainly talking about your anniversary, the five-year anniversary on Saturday. Uh, and then all the events of the third, fourth, and fifth. It was, uh, it was a phenomenal week, I will say. I couldn't have said that any better and love to bring special events to the channel. You get to step outside of your normal streams in the parks and it's one that we had been pumping up for a while and uh, we pulled it off. We pulled yeah, it we all did. off and can't ask for more than that. So we'll be back next week. And I hope that uh, comment on this uh, yes. podcast, it really helps like it. If you are watching, there is such thing as super, super thanks. You can hit the super thanks button and you can certainly donate. We did add Venmo. We are happy that we're starting to get some Venmos in for the simple reason that, you know, we were told the younger generation does that and not PayPal. And um, I think they're starting to realize we do have the Venmo and those who may have wanted to donate in the past, haven't been able to, and now they can. So very good. Uh, awesome. So yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Uh, I'm Corey. I'm Lawrence. We didn't practice this, but and we're the park bro. We're the park bros, right? <laughs> we're the park bros. And we're the park bros. We'll see you all next week. See you.